This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome you in to another edition of Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can get me and all of my gambling picks on Twitter at Undercover Greg. Joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Matt Siegel. You might know him on Twitter as Showtime Cappers. Get him at Showtime Cappers on Twitter. It's a Tuesday morning, and that means that we have a lot to get through as college basketball gets started today, Champions Classic at the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden tonight. Uh, of course, there's NBA and NHL throughout the week. Some college football during the week as well. It's why we got this thing going on Tuesdays as well, in addition to our Friday football picks. Matt, always good to chat with you. How we doing? Greg, what's going on, man? We've been talking about this for a couple weeks, and I am excited that the college basketball ranks are here you know now we are really getting into you know what we've been talking about what october is about now baseball is done but we have college basketball nba nhl going all throughout the week we'll get the matching started off tonight going off football tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday we have football every single night this week greg it is a good time to be a sports fan in america and worldwide. So, obviously, I think today, uh, on this Tuesday, the, the big thing, at least in sports, is the beginning of college basketball season. And there's a lot to get to, which Matt hit on, which we'll get to. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll take a look around the NBA and the NHL later on. But uh, the college basketball season tips off tonight, uh, and all eyes are going to be at the world's most famous arena, as I mentioned, Madison Square Garden, the site for this year's Champions Classic, a really fun event every year to get the college basketball season rolling. Uh, and it always features the same four schools. They've been rotating uh, for quite a while now as far as uh, who they play. This year, it's Kansas and Duke in the first game at 7 Eastern. And then following, it's Michigan State and Kentucky in the nightcap. The Michigan State Spartans are the gambling favorite at pretty much every sports book you'll find 
for the college basketball national championship. Michigan State bringing back pretty much all of its key players from a team that got to the Final Four last year. Matt, uh, I am going to give a couple of plays on schools I think are worth investing in for national championship odds, but I'm just curious when you look at the college basketball season, what are some of the big headlines that jump as things tip off tonight? Yeah, I mean, look, we got two games, Clash of Titans, right off the bat. You know, so we're going to see what these teams are made of. Kansas and Duke, Michigan State and Kentucky. It's really interesting to see how these guys tackle the first game, obviously, because, you know, later in the season when we might see a matchup of any of these Titans, you know, specifically in in March Madness tournament, it's just going to be a totally different game, right? You know, I mean, some of these guys, you're either – they're returning their full half of their teams, their leaders, and, and other teams are overhauling, you know, and half their team was drafted to the NBA, and now their team will be led by a new group of freshmen. So it's always just interesting to see how these teams literally mature in front of your eyes from game one, you know, till game 30 to 35, whatever the total number they play towards the end of the championship. But I'm really interested to see how these matchups go tonight, specifically, like you said, Number one team in the country coming in, returning guard, Cassis Winston, Michigan State. I'm really excited to see the, their performance tonight after after losing in the Final Four, like you said last year. Yeah, it, that, that should certainly be a lot of fun to see uh, Michigan State uh, against, what else is new, a revamped Kentucky team in the second game of the Twin Bill and then, obviously, you got Kansas and Duke. Kansas was the subject of a lot of, uh, you know, NCAA uh, violations and a lot of things going on with that Kansas program the last couple months. Now they get to play basketball. We'll see about Kansas and Duke, obviously, uh, within the last six, seven years, has really shifted to a team centering itself around one and done. So we get to see Vernon Carey and Matthew Hurt, a couple of the big recruits for Duke on the national stage tonight. But, uh, you know, that is one of the interesting little push-pulls, I think, in college basketball. Do you go for the one-and-dones when it comes to your gambling perspective? Do you like to just bet on the talent, or do you like to bet on the experience? Um, And and that's kind of going to lead me into a couple of my plays for, uh, you know, national championship prices right now that I think are worth getting in on. But, Matt, I'll just let you add in on that, too. When it comes to that uh, divide, you know, when you look at handicapping college basketball, how do you weigh that in, especially early in the season? You know, do you think that the inexperience of of the freshmen and, you know, yes, they're very talented, but can that kind of be something you want to bet against and kind of take advantage of early in the year? Take, take me through how you look at that, you know, experience versus talent with the freshman dilemma. Yeah, Greg. So I'll tell you right off the bat, college basketball futures to start the season, I rarely ever play. Um, and if I do, it'll be for lunch money or as a fan or for fun. There, in my mind, is just way too much uncertainty in college basketball. Now, you can see that in any sport, but specifically in college basketball, right? You got to go through the season, and then you got to go through the conference tournament, and then you got to go through a single elimination tournament taking place, as we know, called March Madness. So there's just a lot of moving parts that just even get you to the seeding of the conference tournament, obviously based off your regular season record, and then based off of how you do in the regular season and a combination of the conference tournament and a combination 
of your strength of schedule and all that. Then you're placed by a committee into a seating with 68 other teams in a one-and-done elimination tournament. And we've seen the craziest things happen. Year after year, crazier and crazier things happen. So let alone the fact that, you know, I want to pick a great team. I don't even know if they're going to end up being a number one or a number two or a number three seed. Because there are certain times that teams are realistically who might be a three or four seed. They might not be that far off from a number one or two seed or vice versa. Just due to the fact that, you know, you can't have 15 number one seeds. And then, obviously, it's all about the draw you get and which region you're put in. Are you the number one seed and your number two and three seeds are, are, are better than two and three seeds in, in another part of the bracket? Like, it just, it just all is different. And then it's, it's a lot about matchups. So you don't really know who they're playing. And then you can't predict who they're playing in rounds two or three because you don't know who's going to win from the other side of the bracket. So for me, you know, betting on college, football, um, excuse me, college basketball futures to start the season very tough. Also, as you say, you never know with the freshmen coming in. Well, and that was and- my question. It was more, I was directing my question more towards like individual game handicapping. Like, how do you look at that, you know, freshman coming in versus experience returning situation? Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. So that, I mean, again, you still got to take it with a grain of salt because I don't care if it's your third year or the fourth year in college. There's a reason, Greg, why you why you are returning to college, right? Whether it was due to an unfortunate injury or due to the fact that you weren't ready for the NBA, you still were not good enough to become a professional basketball player, which means in my mind, you know, you still are an amateur. So I don't care if you play three or four years. The experience will help late in games against big conference games on the road. The experience will help there. But – there's no reason just because so-and-so has three years of college experience, he's not better than a freshman who might be a top in his class. There's a reason why that freshman will go one and done, and there's a reason why you, Mr. Four-Year College Player, are taking four years. Now, that doesn't mean that necessarily he's going to translate to be a better or worse NBA player. you got to just take everyone. It's a fresh season. Just like in the NFL and the NBA, it's a fresh season. Everyone starts at zero and zero, and everyone has the same chance at winning the championship and being there at the end. So, college basketball, you really got to take lightly when it starts and, and ease your way into it as you see these teams developing. Like I said earlier, we see these players, coaches, and teams all together mesh and mature as the season goes on. And a lot of times, you know, even like a team like a Duke and a Kentucky with the one and dones. They will be great in the beginning of the year, but they will only get better as they continue to build team chemistry and have these experiences in their game on and off the court. I guess the only thing I disagree with there is I, I do think that the experience, you mentioned building team chemistry. Well, these teams that are experienced already have that, and I think that really paid dividends all season last year for Virginia. They went on to win a national championship, and they were just so – together all year it felt like they were on this mission to avenge the UMBC loss and they had all their guys back and that I'm not saying that means Michigan State is going to win it this year because it's a very similar type of product but I, I do think that uh you know familiar faces and experience at the college level uh can matter and and, and listen I mean these one and dones are great 
But how often have we seen these one-and-done teams actually win the national championship? I'd go back to 2015 with Duke and, and uh, Jaleel Okafor and Tyus Jones. But most of the time, if you look at the national champions, Villanova, always a team with experienced players. They've won two national championships recently. Uh, so I do think there's some value in, in knowing who's in the locker room all season long. No, I definitely agree there. But you got to also check out... Is this a team returning two or three starters and they're adding one or two one-and-dones? You know, is that going to mess it up? A team like Virginia, what we saw last year where I believe they had four, if not all five of their starters returning, yes, I think we can be in total agreement there. But, you know, it could be a little slippery slope if you got two or three guys returning as upperclassmen, juniors, or seniors, and then you got some of these one-or-dones being tossed in. Sometimes that causes a little bit of controversy over whose team it is. You know, the talent. Over, over the experience and age. Now, hopefully, when you are that good and on a team like that, you know, especially with a caliber coaches that most of those top programs have, that's where the coaching comes in and that's where team chemistry comes in. But, you know, sometimes it, it can cause a little disruption. But anyway, Craig, let's get to what the yes. people want. Opening night, college basketball. Do you have any picks tonight, Craig? What are you doing with it? What are you doing? Yeah. I'll look into it a little more as we get closer to tip-off. Uh, I would lean with Michigan State for a lot of the reasons that we just discussed with the experience. I think that can be something to exploit early on when you have a team like Michigan State that knows each other so well. And, and maybe and you know what? It's worth noting that sometimes in college basketball, uh, talent can just win out in one game. And we saw in this very setting last year – Duke with R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson and Cam Reddish in their debut on the national stage, they blew the doors off Kentucky. Now, obviously, Duke and Kentucky last year in the Champions Classic was two teams that really always rely on the one-and-dones. I, I just think that's a good Michigan State spot against a Kentucky team that this year, I looked into them a little more. I don't know that they have that, you know, that one big surefire lottery pick that John Calipari's team sometimes feature. So if I had to play one of these games, I would lean with Michigan State, but not an official play. Certainly probably the most public side of college basketball tonight. Yeah, gotcha, Greg. I, I got a couple plays that I will be posting on the Twitter later to officially lock them in. So these we can just consider leans as of right now. They will be out. If I decide to make them official plays, just know that they will be out on the Twitter later. If not, then I, that means I'm not playing them. But right now, you know, like you said, I'm looking right at Michigan State. Two players returning, Winston, Langford, you know, two guards, the most experienced backcourt we probably have in the country coming off the Final Four loss. We understand Kentucky's a very talented squad with Coach Cal Perry on the sidelines. But so is this Michigan State team with Mr. Tom Izzo, and I am taking them minus two and a half on the neutral site, Madison Square Garden. That's where I'm looking so far, lean number one. Lean number two, Greg, in the other big game, I'm leaning Kansas. Uh, and this this right here, I, I really like the Kansas, their big man as a Buki returning. I think he can really dominate this game in, in an opening game. And again, with Duke having some new recruits, I think this is a Duke team that this this is the kind of game where maybe they lose this game and then they rip off 10 wins straight and they just get better progressively as they move on. But I think Kansas 
in the first game of the season has their number here. That's close to a pick That's a one-point spread right now. A few other spots I'm leaning. I'm looking at Miami at home, plus seven against Louisville. Greg, I don't know about you personally, but I haven't seen Louisville play a game this season, and I know no one else well, has. Yeah. So, so that number five next to their name, let's, let's, let's see it in action. And until I see it in action, give me seven points at home for the Miami Hurricanes. You know, first game of the season, Miami has been an interesting up-and-down football team all year. I think their crowd is going <laughs> to be there in support for this game. Off of a losing season last year, you know, I'm not getting crazy with the money line here just yet, but seven points in a game one on the road in a game of this caliber is tough for me. So I'm going to take this is, is tough for Louisville. So I'm going to take, I'm looking at Miami plus seven at home there. Two other games or two other spots, another neutral site game, Wisconsin and St. Mary's. Wisconsin is just your typical, typical under team they, they they play with this slow and boring pace i really don't understand like how and why they do this I, I you know but they just seem to always keep recruiting guys and they keep filling their system i'm looking at wisconsin in the under here i know st mary's is going to be good this year but i just think that this is a you know this is a wisconsin team that still don't take away from the fact that they're in the big 10 don't take away from the fact that they were solid last year. And, you know, as a slight dog on a neutral site, I think if they can get St. Mary's to play their style of basketball and their style of pace, there's no reason why Wisconsin can't only cover the small two and a half, but win this game outright, obviously being a small dog on a neutral site, uh, 9 p.m. game on ESPNU. So those are just five leans I'm looking for, or not. Those plays in later today. Check out the Twitter at Showtime Cappers. Greg, take us away with the NBA because I see some intriguing spots tonight. And uh, well, before the we go there, I just want to also uh, get a couple of futures plays in college basketball. I agree with a lot of what you said about how there's a lot of uncertainty, and if you just want to wait until the brackets out then you don't know what teams are going to be, how teams are going to be seated. But I think the flip side there is there can be some mispricings now. And if you think a team is going to be a high seed, then you're going to want to bet them now before their odds are uh, shorter. And one of those teams that I think is worth investing in right now to win the national championship is the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Mark Few brings his best recruiting class to Spokane in the history of Gonzaga's program. Uh, and they have Killian Tilly, one of their better big men, is back. Corey Kispert, a wing player for them, returns. Uh, but that recruiting class, Drew Timmy, the third highest rated recruit in the history of the program, and Anton Watson is the fourth highest rated recruit in the program. And they also have two other top 100 recruits coming west. So when I add all this up, they're a lock to win their conference every year. We know that. So Gonzaga is going to be a number one or a number two seed if, that, if they do win their conference again. And they're right now listed at 20 to one. So you're telling, there's no way you're going to get a team that's the number one seed or a number two seed. You're not going to get them at 20 to one to win the national championship in March. So I, I think right now is the time to invest in Gonzaga if you like them. And it would be kind of fitting after Virginia finally got over the hump last year if Gonzaga did the same thing 
this year. They got to a regional final last year, lost to Texas Tech. A uh, couple years back, they played a real ugly national championship against North Carolina, which was won by the Tar Heels. I just think with the big-time recruiting class, like I said, this could be a really good spot for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. So I would get in on them now to win the national championship at 20-1. to 1. The one thing I will say, I have no opinion on, on them, but I'm just, I will just point out that something that's tough, obviously, you know, you might get them at 20 to one and then they might go off at say nine to one, 10 to one pre-tournament. But the only thing is, I just want to let everyone be aware is it's very difficult to hedge these, these futures because of the 68 teams and the fact that realistically we know 68 obviously don't have a chance with some of the teams, you know, being irrelevant, but with the say 10 to 15 teams that have the realistic chance, it's really hard to hedge these plays. Unlike say, professional playoffs, you know, in the NBA or the NFL where less teams make it at the end of the season or just a win totals where, but, but that doesn't take away from the fact of why you like to play. I was just putting that out there in general that, you know, don't play this play looking to then say hedge back on it and, 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 right. and make no, value off it. This is, this right is a play out. that Gonzaga now is the time, which is what Greg is, is just pointing out. And one last thing, I don't know, I, like, I, I haven't seen a National Player of the Year offered at, at some shops right now, uh, so this depends on where you play, uh, but early on in the season, something I would look at, uh, National Player of the Year, I think this is going to be a big-time freshman that's going to have a chance, is um, North Carolina's Cole Anthony. Again, I'm not sure what his price is, uh, but it's a North Carolina team that lost a lot from last year, Cam Johnson, Kobe White, Luke May, Nasir Little, Kenny Williams are all gone. Those are their five leading scorers from last year. Uh, and so there's a lot of a uh, lot of shots to go around uh, this year in Chapel Hill. And looks like, from what I've researched, the North Carolina team that isn't as deep as years prior, Cole Anthony is probably their best recruit since Harrison Barnes. So I think it's going to be the type of thing where if they're going to go as far as he goes and there's going to be a ton of opportunities for him on the big stage, he would be a guy I would look in at National Player of the Year. I don't hate it, Greg. I really don't. Let's transition. <laughs> right. Let's transition to the, to, the, to the professional ranks, Greg. Uh, kick us off. You, you got anyone you're looking at today? Yeah, so... Maybe they are more of a sell high, right? Because the Miami Heat have started the season pretty impressively. But I'm having a hard time ignoring the fact that they get four and a half points against the Denver Nuggets uh, on Tuesday night in, in what should be a pretty interesting game. So, you know, Miami has Jimmy Butler in the fold now. He missed the first couple games. Uh, I would also look at the under in this game because we've seen – Miami, particularly with Butler, he's one of the better wing defenders in the NBA. Uh, they've been able to kind of clamp down, and, and Denver only allowed 87 points in their last game against the Orlando Magic. So I'd lean towards the under, uh, but something about Miami. I just think that they're a team that, and this line is, I think, a little disrespecting towards its start. And, and maybe, uh, you know, you, can't, you can only put so much stock into a game or two, uh, or, or, or in this case, what? six or seven or whatever it's been. But at the same time, I mean, it's been six games. They're five and one. They just blew out the Rockets. Uh, I will look to be playing the Heat plus four and a half tonight. Is that all you got, Craig? Yeah, that, that, I'm sorry. That is probably the only thing that I'm looking at as of now. Craig, don't be sorry to me. Be sorry to your followers, dude, because I, I'm sorry. I'm on the Nuggets. You know, the Miami Heat have been good, Greg. 
But remember, there is some altitude factor when you travel to Denver that opponents face. And, and like you said, this is a sell high for the heat spot for me. I was all over the heat against the Rockets. Uh, I'm sure everyone listening cash. I was all over the heat against the Hawks the past few days. But let's take a step back and just evaluate who the Heat have beaten. Obviously, only six games in. And we know how the NBA works. It's really up and down. You know, the great teams lose the shitty teams. At the end of the day, you kind of know who's always going to be there. And now maybe this this year it's a little bit more wide open. But you kind of know who the top ten teams are, no matter who what happens on a random game in November. I think we can agree there, right? Yeah, for sure. So the Heat had two wins against the Hawks, one of which Trey, uh, one of which Trey Young didn't play, I believe, unless that was the same game, and I'm and I'm mistaken. Yeah, he did. John Collins. So he got hurt in the first one, and then didn't play in the second one, right? That's correct. And in the second one, John Collins also got hurt. So that's two of their wins against a Hawks team with their two best players out. They then beat the Grizzlies on opening night, and we know the Grizzlies are bad. They then, yes, they went on the road and they won in overtime at the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, let me just explain something to you about this win. This is your typical NBA letdown spot. The the Milwaukee Bucks go on the road in a big hype game on their opening night and steal the show away from the Houston Rockets and Russell Westbrook's debut, and they went on the road and they come home to lose and let up 131 points in overtime to the Miami Heat when I believe, unless I'm mistaken, Greg, I believe they were up 17 at halftime. So that's just what I call, you know, I'm not going to make excuse. I'm not going to say that this wasn't a good win for the Heat um, and, and say that it was a bad loss for the Bucks. But they also, the Heat, were without their best player in Jimmy Butler. It's just a weird game. So I'm not really buying that game. And then the Rockets are actually the worst team against the spread to date. They are uh, 0-6 or 0-7, whatever, how many games they've played. Are the seven games, Greg, have they played? Uh, let Rockets. me look right now. Houston is 0-5. Oh, I'm sorry, 0-6 against the spread. Yeah, so, three, so they're 3-3 and three and they're 0-6 against the spread. It was a tough spot for Houston as they, you know, were were – at Miami, we know what happens sometimes when you have those earlier starts in Miami. Uh, you know, maybe a little too much partying considering they were on the road Friday night. So they probably they were in Miami Friday night and then in Miami Saturday night. We've seen the pictures of James Harden at Tootsie's. We know, we know he likes to party. So, uh, you know, I don't know what I'm really taking away from that. Especially I mean, since that game. They won by 29. Like, you, you can't, like... I, I they won get... by 29, Greg, but very interesting to note, they won the first quarter by 32 points. So they then did go on to lose the next three quarters in total. Again, they sure. won the game, and if that was a Game 7 in the NBA Finals, they would be hanging a banner the following year. So I'm not taking anything away from that. With that being said, I am on Denver, one of the best teams at home in the, in the NBA, and will continue to be one of the best teams at home this year. I just like Denver in this spot. I think this is a slight letdown game for the Heat as they are they have uh, covered the last five straight games. You know, the, the the Denver Nuggets have been off an extra day. They have an extra day's rest. 
as they played on Saturday and the Heat played on Sunday. I am actually looking to take the Nuggets first half full game here. I'm looking to take the Nuggets first half under and full game under. As you guys have seen, it's something that I've been doing a lot with this Nuggets team. They The, the way they play defense and the way they play offense – they trend towards the unders, and they've been doing well for the unders. And so is this Heat team, because this Heat yeah, team actually defends. Like, we, we might disagree sure. on the side, but I mentioned earlier, lean to the under, and, and it, you're right. Like, they've been – Denver, the altitude thing can kind of come into play a, a, as another thing that, for the visiting team, would lend it towards the under, because they might not be fully acclimated. So – and Miami, as I mentioned, has just been good defensively. Yeah. So those are a few leans that I have. I'm also looking at the Thunder at home against the Magic. Remember, these are all, you know, just uh, we're talking uh, mid-afternoon on Monday. So they're all leans right now. Uh, You guys will know more of my picks as I'll put them out overnight, Monday night and into Tuesday morning like I always do. So now we take a look at tomorrow. Some interesting spots. One spot that, you know, beginning of the season on ESPN when they booked this slate, I'm sure they thought this game would have been interesting. Warriors and Rockets, Greg, we can totally skip over that. I want no part in (laughs) that game. That's that's pathetic. Um, No official lean here yet, but I am interested to see – that young Kings backcourt of Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox go up against the nice defensive team the Raptors have there. Uh, the Raptors are home in that matchup. But the two night spots on this Wednesday uh, NBA are well, where I will be looking specifically, where the Sixers travel to Utah to play the Jazz. This is the Sixers' third road game you know, since Saturday, they played the Blazers on Saturday, the Suns on Monday. So now they're traveling to Utah, three road games in five days. Utah has been off since Sunday. They are coming off of back-to-back losses against the Kings and the Clippers. This is a game where I'm going to be looking, you know, no official play. Line's not even out yet, but I expect the Jazz, you know, to be favored by maybe two, three points. Somewhere in that range, maybe, maybe up to three and a half. We'll see. But I will definitely be looking at the under here as we have a matchup of two of the top defenses in the NBA. You know, the Sixers will be getting back their all-star center, Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid and Rudy Gobert. That's a matchup to keep your eyes on. Two of the top defensive centers in the league anchoring these two amazing defenses. I will be looking for the Jazz on the first half full game and the under first half full game here. Obviously just leans but keep them in mind. Then we have another marquee matchup between the Bucks and Clippers. I will be looking at the Clippers here. I think the Clippers will be looking to make a sort of statement here, knowing that the Bucks should finish as a top two, or as a, excuse me, as a top three, if not top two, maybe even top one team in the East, with the Clippers having the same mindset for the West. This is a big matchup, and I see the Clippers taking this one seriously. And it's nice to note that the Clippers played at home on Sunday and at home on Thursday. So, you know, between Thursday to Wednesday, that's five, uh, excuse me, six days. They've only played two games. They've been at home. They haven't traveled. You know, you got Milwaukee traveling to L.A. here. I will be looking at the Clippers. Again, I do think another defensive game. I will be looking towards the under here. Greg, anything from you out of those couple games or anything on Wednesday? Yeah, on Wednesday, actually not. Uh, well, okay, on the ones that you mentioned, I will agree with you on the Jazz. Sixers, obviously, you know, it's the end of a road trip, and they do get Embiid back, but, you know, Utah is is a formidable formidable opponent 
in its own right. And common gambling thing early on when teams start well, eventually, regardless of if it's a team like the Sixers who you thought could win the NBA championship or if it's a team like the Heat that maybe is a little surprising, in due time, there's going to be regression. So I, I think that the Jazz are a worthwhile play in that uh, Sixers-Jazz game. One other spot that I look at here, the Dallas Mavericks at home. Probably going to be a pretty hefty favorite here. Uh, could even be, I'm going to guess, anywhere from, what, 7 to 10 points you could see them lying against Orlando? Uh, I, I don't think that much, but, you know, maybe, maybe more. Maybe uh, yeah, yeah, more like more like five to six. I don't, I don't think the Magic are too bad, honestly. Okay, um, well, I I will say Orlando back to back. They're in Oklahoma City uh, tonight, and you already kind of yeah, mentioned. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. There's no way they'll be they'll they'll be they'll be they'll be four to six in that range. Four, four to six. Then well, I like it yeah. even more. Uh, Dallas has been a pretty. They were they were they were plus. I'm sorry. They were plus five on the road against Toronto. And I, I don't really, if anything, I had Toronto, I would be surprised if Dallas more than minus five at home in this game. But I mean, Hey, it could be wrong. Well, regardless. Uh, and, and if it is, if you are right, then I, I definitely like it even more. I'm think I thought more in the seven, eight range, but n- either way, uh, Orlando second night of a back to back and uh, Dallas has been playing really well. And what really made, me makes me feel like this is a spot to get on Dallas. Uh, they played the Lakers. They actually outplayed the Lakers for three quarters last Friday night, and then had a bad fourth quarter and, and a bad overtime. Uh, yeah, and the back-to-back came, road spot was a good mention, obviously. Right, exactly. Back-to-back road spot for Orlando, and then Dallas came right back on Sunday. And I know it's Cleveland, but they blew out Cleveland on the road, and that to me is a sign of a maturing team. And they're obviously a team built around a couple of young studs and Kristaps Porzingis and Luka Doncic. But to be able to come back right away and hit the reset button and blow out a team you should beat, that to me is a sign that the Mavs are making some steps early in the season. They already had a really nice road win at Denver earlier this year. So I'm going to look at the Mavs. As, and if I hope you're right. I hope it is in the four or five range. I was just anticipating anywhere from six to eight. Nonetheless, I think the Mavs are a good play on Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah, I don't hate it. I always like going against the back-to-back road teams. Honestly, I miss the fact that the Magic were on back-to-back roads. So thank you for bringing that to my <laughs> attention. Well, um, thank you look, for correcting me on the line because, I, like I said, I would love I, to. I mean, hey, I could be wrong, but I just I, – I don't see how the Mavs could be – you know, if the, if the Raptors are minus five against the Magic, I understand different teams, different matchup, but I would have to – say that it's somewhere in the four to six range. I know the Mavericks are playing good basketball, though. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, now, move on to Thursday real quick. Small slate, Greg. No teams on road back-to-backs, but the Clippers are playing a home back-to-back with the Blazers coming to town. A back to Another primetime game for them on TNT. That's an interesting one. Uh, I'm sitting here on Monday afternoon. I cannot really touch on that right now. I would like to see how the Clippers how my Clippers prediction against the Bucks comes in. I think if the Clippers can get up for this Bucks game and maybe win even by a sizable margin, they could then, you know, come back a little down as we see for this Blazers game, as opposed to where the Blazers could be getting up for this game. Not only would the Blazers be getting up for this game, 
they're not traveling too far as I expect them. You know, again, we're talking before the game starts, but I expect them to, you know, they'll be, should be doing, uh, I mean, you know, they're playing the, they're playing the Warriors Monday night and then they have two uh, nights off Tuesday and Wednesday. So they should be a little fresh coming into that Clippers game. Nonetheless, will be an interesting matchup. And, and the other games on that slate aren't really too appealing to me. I will look at the Suns and Heat later in the week, probably on Thursday. So as always, stay on the Twitter for an official play because, you know, I'm, I'm definitely leaning Suns there. Again, I think the Heat are due for some regression. And honestly, I really do like the basketball the Suns are playing. I think they're a bunch of misfits really fit well together. And again, I'm selling slightly high on the Heat as they enter this West Coast road trip we can say yeah I'll, I'll agree with you in that spot against phoenix to me that feels like more of the spot where the suns or i'm sorry the heat kind of let their guard down because you know i anticipate them to really be jacked up for the denver game but you know a phoenix team that while they're playing well i'm not sure that that garners the same kind of motivation from miami so i would agree with you there and um you know just another kind of system thing and i don't know if there's any truth to this I could be dead wrong here, but teams like Portland, I think are interesting plays when they play, like you said, they're playing the Clippers on Thursday. You think about a Portland team that's, uh, you know, a small market in the NBA that gets a chance here against uh, when they play a Clippers or a Lakers. I just think the game probably carries a little bit more weight for them in November than it would for, uh, for the teams in Los Angeles. So, um, just another thing to consider. Doesn't it? It just feels like year in and year out, uh, regardless of what the Blazers have on the roster. Nobody ever really takes them. They, and this is the small market thing that I think I'm getting at here is it, there's never quite the buzz around the Blazers that you're going to have with the Clippers or the Lakers or, you know, insert big market team here. And I think that makes an, some interesting value on the team like the Blazers when they are in this kind of a spot early in the season. So, um, I, I, but definitely like the Suns side uh, on Thursday night against Miami. Uh, let's move forward before we hit our commercial break and uh, talk a little NHL. I do have a play on the ice uh, that I can tell you I will be on, uh, and it's going to be the Vancouver Canucks at home right now seeing uh, minus $1.23. You can get them on on the money line. Uh, and this is an easy one for me. St. Louis – I know they're the defending Stanley Cup champions, but gosh, time and time again now, they have just been, if you look at the recent games that the Blues have played, it is one goal win after one goal win. They beat the Detroit Red Wings 5-4 to four in overtime. The Minnesota Wild 2-1 to one in regulation. The Columbus Blue Jackets 4-3 to three in overtime. And then the Minnesota Wild again 4-3 to three in overtime. This is something that I, would, I love to bet against. And, you know, you get a Vancouver team at home, uh, St. Louis is without their superstar, Vladimir Tarasenko, for maybe the rest of the season. They said reevaluated in five months. He has a, he's a shoulder injury. So, you know, you get a Vancouver team that uh, I think is pretty good, and they just beat San Jose on Saturday night in their last game, 5-2. to two. Uh, They're scoring a lot of goals. They scored five in a recent victory against the Kings, scored seven in a victory against the Panthers earlier this season. For And I just mentioned the St. Louis scores a lot of those were a little low scoring games were more low scoring games that the blues were winning uh so i think this is a type of play where you look to play the canucks maybe even stack them first period and full game because if the canucks can get their offense going st louis is not going to be able to come back 
too many close games going the way of the Blues for me to think that can continue. I love the Canucks on Tuesday night. Greg, let me tell you, uh, first off, I like the Canucks, but let me tell you, in 11 card, I mean, 11 games, NHL Tuesday slate has me absolutely salivating, Greg. I see so many, so much money to be printed on this NHL slate. It's absurd. <laughs> Love it. I'm going to go right down the list. I, I have too many that I can't even give all the explanations for, but I'm going to just give them. I'm going to a rapid fire NHL right here. All of my leans, and I swear, Greg, I think all of them might turn into plays because I am. I, I, Craig, I, I can't wait to get to tomorrow's NHL card. So we have the pathetic Ottawa Centers on a second game back-to-back -back road at the New York Islanders, one of the best teams in the NHL yeah, currently, specifically at home. They've been great. You know, high price, minus 280. You see what I do with those high prices, minus 280. I will be looking to play the Islanders in regulation there. So that is one spot I'm looking. I am also looking at the Flyers and Hurricanes over six and a half total. Flyers have gone over the total five out of their last five games. Hurricanes have gone over the total three out of their last five. I feel like every game the Flyers play, they're going over. They, they, this, this is this is an over in the making in that well, game. Well, I can tell you, I watch every Flyers game. They're not a good defensive team, so <laughs> that they're not. To... They're not. It's a shame because you know Hart is a nice young goalie, but he, he yeah, can't. Absolutely. He can he can only he can only do so much. Um, and we know the Canes can score the best. And, hey, we know the Flyers can score as well. Oh, so, no, they got some talent up front for sure. And, again, again, remember, a 3-3 tie automatically cashes our over 6.5. So, for you guys out there who were stressing with our max play that we hit last week in the Devils and Flyers game, questioning why I was excited when it was 3-3 and we won, that's because you can't have a tie in the NHL. So, 3-3 equals 7 just for – You could 10 years ago. Football. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore, and that's a great news. For overbetters. Another spot I'm looking at, Boston is on the second game of a back-to-back -back home and away. So I will be looking to fade them on the road. And I will be looking to take Montreal at home. Another spot I will be looking, will be looking to fade the Arizona Coyotes on the second game of back-to-back -back roads. They're traveling to Calgary to play the Flames. Minus 155, you know, so... I typically like to, you know, minus 170. I know it's kind of a little bit high, but I tr try not to go past that. So I'll be looking to get the flames in before that line gets higher. Matt, I, I just I do have one will. thing on that Calgary game. If Go ahead. No, no, that's that's all. I, I, I will be looking to take the Calgary Flames, though, to win the game. Yeah, so uh, just something to consider. I had Washington on Sunday against Calgary. I actually played them on the puck line. Calgary just got done a pretty lengthy road trip. They were... Uh, against the Winnipeg Jets. Then they were at Carolina, at Nashville, at Columbus, at, at Washington. So normally that first game back can be a tricky one. Uh, so I pass it. I'm not saying I'm taking Arizona, but uh, sometimes that is there is good value on the road team in those spots. Yeah, I, I feel you. I, I like the I like the you know yeah. I think this is a little bit of a different spot with um the Coyotes on the second game of a back to back. But nonetheless, we shall see. I will also be looking at the Ducks. They've been a pretty good home team all year. I understand they dropped their last home game in overtime to the Blackhawks. I believe that they will bounce back at home 
against the the Minnesota <clears throat> Wild. Minnesota Wild have lost their last three games, and the Ducks actually have been home since October 28th, so they haven't traveled much. So it's been a nice travel schedule for them. They've been home sleeping in their own beds. I do lean the Canucks at home as well, as you already went over. And this is a little pricier, but I do lean the Sharks at home. Sharks have lost five games in a row, and... Truthfully, Greg, you know, they've lost the last two at home. I know the Shark Tank gets a little rowdy, but they've played two of the better teams in the NHL. You know, they played uh, Vancouver and they played, um, who else? And they played Winnipeg. So two teams that are clearly, in my mind, and I think everyone else is, we can be in agreement here, better than the Chicago Blackhawks. And Chicago Blackhawks are a more comparable team to the Sharks this year to start off so far. I think this is a nice way for the Sharks to bounce back and, and end that five-game losing streak at home against the Blackhawks. That's it for the pucks, Greg. Of course, all of those are just spots that I'm looking. We'll have them posted as official plays, if they are official plays, on the Twitter, at Showtime Cappers. So make sure you check in. Let's take a break. We'll come right back, talk some college football, and then we'll preview Thursday night football between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Oakland Raiders. The holidays are almost here. And you know what that means? Gifts. And what better gift to give the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right? Unlike most brands, Untuck It shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked. Untuck It shirts always fall at that just right length, no matter his size. So he looks casual and sharp. Ever see an untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect length to be untucked. And with the holidays near, there's no better gift for your favorite guy who needs an upgrade. I'm always frustrated with my shirt shopping, and now Untuck It takes things to the next level. With more than 50 plus combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Untuck It fits a lot of different frames, so you might as well get involved. Whether you're shopping for your perfect holiday gift or you're just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use the code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Support for Blue Wire comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. It doesn't always go according to plan down there, but that's why Manscaped it has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball, deodorant, and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? 
Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BLUEWIRE. And we're back here on Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. Greg Frank and Matt Siegel taking you home at Showtime Cappers for all of Matt's picks at Undercover Greg on Twitter. For me, Matt, we got quite a bit of college football during the week as well. Some action, uh, some Thursday night college football as well. I'll let you get started in the MAC. Ball State, Western Michigan, where you going? Yeah, so this is actually the only MAC game that I will be playing all week. Um, it's just a little bit of a system play here for me. I will be taking Ball State plus seven on the road here. Ball State's been pretty good against the spread, four and one against the spread. Their only loss was last week. You know, they were at home, minus two point favorite to Ohio, end up losing that game. Western Michigan has only covered two out of their last six games, and they're actually coming off a big win. And I just believe this is a slight bounce-back spot for Ball State. You know, this is a little primetime game, Tuesday night football, ESPN 2, uh, 8 p.m. Western Michigan just doesn't excite me that much, and I just don't see them winning this game by by more than a touchdown, Greg. I really don't. I do expect them to win, but I, I think a touchdown is too many points for Ball State here. I'll go ahead with a college play of my own, and I'm going to go under the total of it looks like 51 at a lot of shops between the Temple Owls and the South Florida Bulls. Uh, plain and simple, I've done pretty well betting on Temple, either for or against. I went to Temple, I watched all their games. And this is a good spot for Temple's defense to get right. Temple has really struggled the last couple games defensively before a bye week. Granted, it, those games were against Central Florida and SMU, so some pretty formidable offensively uh, you know, potent opponents there. Uh, And now you get a South Florida team that is not the normal South Florida that the American Athletic Conference is used to seeing. South Florida only scored three points against Navy. I don't really look much into their blowout wins over East Carolina and Connecticut. Those are some of the worst teams in the American Athletic Conference. It's a South Florida team that got shut out at the beginning of the season by Wisconsin, only scored 10 points against Georgia Tech, who is pathetic this year. I think this is a great get-right spot for the Temple defense. Only problem is that Temple offense, particularly the wide receivers against SMU, are having a hard time catching the ball. I like under 51 in Temple and South Florida for a Thursday night college football play. Let's wrap things up and go to the National Football League week Ten. That's right. We're into the double digits. L.A. Chargers at the Oakland Raiders. Oakland, a one-point home dog. Total of 48 in this game. I'll lead it off. I am going to pass aside. Slightest of leans to the Chargers, but not enough for me to get there with L.A. My better play here, I'm going under 48. I saw an L.A. Chargers defense that showed up yesterday. Uh, on Sunday, rather, against the Green Bay Packers. They were in Aaron Rodgers' grill all afternoon long, and I see no reason to think that they can't do that to a far less talented quarterback in Derek Carr. Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram uh, really feast in this spot, I think. Uh, at the same time, though, you know, you have an Oakland team that, while they while it did score 31 points, I think everyone that knows what the Raiders' identity this year is, it's they want to run the ball. 
and they want to use their first-round rookie, Josh Jacobs, who's probably going to be the offensive rookie of the year. They want to chew up the clock. Once the Antonio Brown saga came and went, they really didn't have a ton of big-time playmakers. The tight end, Darren Waller, looks like a pretty good find for them. But I think it's clear that Oakland wants to ground and pound, and that also is a style that I think will lend it to unders. And I think they're probably going to want to try and hammer that home even more in this spot given the way the Chargers just were all over Aaron Rodgers all Sunday long. So uh, primetime unders have taken a, a bit of a step back with last Thursday's game going over the total uh, in Arizona and San Francisco and the Sunday night game this week going over as well with Baltimore and New England. But I still think there's good logic to go under 48 here. So uh, I'll, I'll probably look to get on this first half as well. But uh, the under is my biggest play in Thursday night football this week. Matt, you like a side though. Yeah, Greg, I, I like the Raiders here. I think the Raiders, you know, coming off of uh, a nice home win against the Lions. This is the first time we've seen them home in a while, and their stadium got up for the game. Their fans got up for the game. I really liked, you know, they had a back-and-forth tough win against the Lions. I understand the Chargers are coming off back-to-back wins, and, you know, one nice win against the Packers, and they're trying to get themselves right. But I just like what the Raiders are doing here. I really think that their coaching staff, you know, has them ready. They've covered – they're four and one against the spread in the last five games. And I just, you know, I like the home advantage that the Raiders are provided here on a short week. They also, you know, you can note it down. They didn't have to travel. I understand that LA is not traveling too far, but still nonetheless on a short week, they have to travel and they're just coming off a big time win at home against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I think this is, a, you know, it's funny to say a slight letdown spot for the Chargers considering they've only won back-to-back games, but I think this is a little bit of a letdown spot for the Chargers, and I think the Raiders get another uh, get another win. One thing to wrap things up here, uh, first off, interesting line movement on this game. Uh, Chargers have been bet as a one-and-a-half-point dog all the way to a one-point favorite as we record this on Monday afternoon. But I think Oakland, down the stretch here, if they stay mathematically alive, and hey, they're four and four and if you're right Matt they'll be five and four after this game I think Oakland yeah, this is, is a big division game it is and I think that Oakland would be a team that moving forward would be a you know a continued by team especially when they're home because I mentioned this in a match play that I had which won on Sunday with Oakland at home against Detroit this is their last year in Oakland and I just think that that they're, they're pretty crazy fans in Oakland but they're certainly loyal And I think that that home field advantage for Oakland becomes more and more relevant as the season drags on with the Raiders still in the playoff hunt. So just an interesting angle when handicapping the Raiders that I wanted to bring up. Yeah, I I think the Raiders get it done here. I I like, uh, you know, I understand the Chargers have Bosa. Um, That's one player to me. Josh Jacobs is running the ball hard and well. Derek Carr has been throwing the ball well. Uh, he has targets. Darren Waller has been nice for them. I, I, I like the Raiders here. I think they're a little undervalued. I really don't think this Chargers team is much better than the Raiders. So give me Raiders on a short week at home. Didn't have to travel with that home uh, crowd in their first home primetime game of the year. There you have it. Matt on the home dog. I like the under in Thursday night football. Matt, always a pleasure. Looking forward to it on Friday. Can't wait, Greg. We're back on Friday. Everyone, you know, Please, as Greg always says, play responsibly. (laughs) Yes, sir. We will talk to you all on Friday. Everyone take care and enjoy your week. 